Welcome to PFFA Pod. This episode, I'm going to sit down with Ron Kirkpatrick. He is the CEO of LBG Advisors, the Liberty Benefits Group. At the beginning of the month, uh, primary officers from Local 43 got to go up to Seattle for the international convention, and Ron was kind enough to sit down with me for about 30 minutes and talk about all things healthcare. I was trying to frame our conversation as sort of the basics of a fire-based health trust. So those of you who are interested in the basic components of a fire health trust slash insurance slash benefits, hopefully this will be a good resource. Thanks. I'm here today with Ron Kirkpatrick uh, from LBG, and we start with just a quick introduction. Can you tell me a little bit about maybe your background, your history, some of the background of LBG? Are you the founder of LBG? Yes, I was. Yes, I am. I so, guess. Sure. so maybe start with a little bit before you became the founder, some of your history, building up to it, and then um, uh, what LBG was at the beginning and what's sort of gone into now. Is that a good way to start this out? That sounds great. Okay. So I actually came out of the financial world from a uh, firm called CIBC Oppenheimer, where we did a lot of 401k, 457 work, uh, a lot of work in breaking down employee uh, benefit plans, things like that, um, and uh, left that firm with a physician uh, to form LBG. Did you say a physician? A physician. Okay. Absolutely. And um, that physician was a specialist in cash for care networks. Mm-hmm. So he had a focus on helping providers, physicians, charge a fee for service that was cash-based. Uh-huh. So we thought, hey, why wouldn't we do this with employers across the nation? And about how long ago was that? You yeah, that was in 2002. Okay. And so we started this firm to try and bring transparency back to the health benefits world, uh, try and work with providers long-term, and to build out a solution that would keep costs controlled and keep benefits high. Okay. And that was kind of the initial focus of LBG or Liberty Benefits Group, um, now known as LBG Advisors. Okay. Um, the physician, was that the physician someone that stayed with you when you started LBG? And began it? Stayed with until uh, about 2005 and okay. then moved back east to do lobby work okay. um, regarding transparent health care. Okay. Can you tell us what the main body of work is that you do with LBG? LBG is an employee benefits um, consulting firm uh, and brokerage firm that works with uh, employers, trusts, plan sponsors of all types across the nation, uh, working with them to control costs of their benefit plans, medical, Mm -hmm. dental, vision, Mm -hmm. et cetera, and retirement plan. Okay. And uh, so I'm sure everybody out there knows, but if they don't, like I mentioned now that you were the group that we worked with when we went to arbitration for our health trust. Are you currently also working with other fire organizations, either in the Northwest or around the country? Absolutely. Uh, we've um, we've actually experienced a large growth in this area working with fire uh, union plans mm-hmm. where they carve out of their employer's um, plan and run their own health trust yeah. and provide benefits for the members. Which is what we were trying to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And hopefully still um, trying to do. Absolutely. Um Okay, so this is definitely uh, the the fire industry and the unions are 
something you're familiar with, the group is familiar with. Yes, yeah. um, we've worked with FIRE since 2003, and actually um, some employees of ours have worked with FIRE prior to that awesome. as well. Awesome. So the main reason I was hoping to have this conversation is just a sort of review for all of it, but everybody out there, some of the basic components of the trust. And it's something that we talk about around a kitchen table. And as, well, for most of us, most, you know, mere mortals, it's a very complicated industry. If you could, and I think that one of the things that gets said all the time is uh, how are a bunch of firefighters going to run a health, you know, health insurance? We are firefighters. We know how to put out fires. We know how to fix people. We know about EMS, about accidents, rope rescue. Um, so if you could just hit some of the basic uh, concepts of the trust and then how that we might be able to, um, as a fire union, because it's obviously a model that's successful, how does a uh, fire union, a bunch of firefighters, end up successfully running all these components? To start off with, I think uh, when we talk about a trust, we're really talking about just a a platform to hold a medical plan or a dental plan, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, no different than any other medical plan or dental plan that you could shop on the open market and look for options. Now, why, why does FIRE do this very well and have a history of doing this very well? Um, it is because the nature of the union, uh-huh. the for us, by us mentality. For us, by us. Absolutely. Got it. It is a unique relationship uh-huh. between membership uh, personnel or, or employees, personnel, whatever uh-huh. members, say, yeah. members yeah. Um, that you can actually assist each other in the management of the plan. Now, what do I mean by that? Assisting each other is talking with each other about there's this option mm-hmm. for better care mm-hmm. or there's an option for better pricing. Uh-huh. Or there's an option to get people seen earlier before things become big. Screening. Screening. Cancer screening Absolutely. is big, big in our industry. Yep. And you as a union help each other do those things. Whereas in a larger employer group, mm-hmm. there may be multiple unions, there may be multiple non-represented folks. Right. They don't help each other. There's not this ability to control costs, improve screening, improve access, et cetera, that a union has. Target the benefits to the need to the members. Target benefits to these members, but better consumers of those benefits. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that doesn't really happen in a larger employer base like the city because you have so many disparate areas of people consuming, there's not really communication. Whereas perhaps uh, a union, a solid or a, a group of members, they're going to actually be discussing things. Hopefully, that's the idea. Absolutely, I think that in a city group, it's not that they're bad organization. Yeah. It's just that there's always seen an employer and then a member relationship, and a lot of times the plan is seen as the employer's plan, mm-hmm. not the member's plan. Big deal. Got it. It's an ownership mentality. So when a union runs their own trust, the membership sees it's their plan. Mm-hmm. They decide what the benefits are. They help control costs. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that make the plan work well long term. The city can be a great organization, but mm-hmm. it does not have that ability. We will be better stewards of our money if we see it as our money. 
Isn't that the truth in everything? Yeah. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it because we all know it. Firefighters are cheap. I'm just, I know you don't, you don't say it. You don't have to say it. But we say it to each other all the time. And we know what things cost. And if we can get the same service across the street for a third of the price, if it's our money, much more of an informed consumer. Absolutely. That's, so that's the idea. Do you think that's actually bears itself out to be the reality when, when the trust gets set up? Has that been your experience? Absolutely. It is. That is the only way to control costs long term, in my opinion, is bringing the membership into the decision making through this type of vehicle. Mm -hmm. The more distracted the membership is from the benefits and the costs of the benefits, mm -hmm. the harder it is for that to be controlled long term. That makes sense. It's still, I think about it as potentially still a little bit of the heavy lift. The heavy lift not being getting the trust, but the heavy lift educating members. But I think there's probably a lot of, perhaps a lot of different avenues, platforms, once the trust is established, to get that education out. Well, Kyle, you had said it earlier. Firefighters, you said your words not mine, <laughs> are cheap. Yeah. Firefighters, maybe I'll put it a different way, shop. Shop. Don't firefighters shop for everything else in life? Absolutely. Don't they talk about everything? Where did you get the TV you just got? Yeah. Where did you buy your truck? The truck's an example that you hear all the time. Absolutely. How or the house, too. Like how, house. how many trucks did you look at? How many prices did you do? How, many, how much research did you do? So if your membership is making decisions on thirty to $100,000 trucks, mm -hmm. which I know how much these <laughs> trucks cost these days, <laughs> can't they make decisions on benefits, too? And it's a lot more money than that. Well, at least, I mean, I know. I mean, I know the numbers just, I mean, to some degree, what we're spending for our benefits yeah. as a membership. And it's, 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 it's a considerable amount of money. And, and you know, firefighters aren't, aren't they're smart people. They're absolutely, not dumb. Absolutely. You know, so they also know that you bring in competent, qualified help to do heavy lifting in areas that maybe aren't your expertise. Level. Sure. But, so, but guess what? That's what cities do, too. Yeah. And guess what? That's what private employers do as well. Mm -hmm. They don't make all the decisions on their own. They bring in consultants. They bring in competent help. Yeah. You would, they're no different. Can we talk a little bit about the components, just so that mm -hmm. part is, is taken care of? I, I remember seeing a, almost like a Venn diagram. There's maybe five or six mm -hmm. different components. Um, can you just break that down a little yeah. bit for us? Absolutely. So, so medical plans all run the same, whether you are with United Healthcare, Aetna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, any of the carriers out there, they all run the same. That's the dirty little secret mm -hmm. in my industry. All plans have an entity that pays claims. We call it an administrator. I know in fire administration is a different <laughs> term, right? It. but we call it an administrator. They're the paper shuffler. They're also the customer service entity. They pay the claims. They, they, answer, the, they answer the phones. Yep. Okay. That's an entity. There's a cost for that entity. That's built into your premium. What would be an example of an administrator that somebody would recognize? Well, every one of those carriers I just mentioned mm -hmm. has a division Got inside it. of them that's an administration division. Mm -hmm. And they have a cost. They have to pay people. They have to pay for the systems that pay the doctors. They have to do all that. Right. That's administration. Got so that's it. one component. Mm -hmm. Another component is the network. The network controls the pricing and the doctors on your plan. Right. That network is supposed to be negotiating with those hospitals and doctors for fair pricing. 
and then they make them in network. Right. And doctors that won't negotiate with them or facilities like hospitals that won't negotiate with them, they are out of network. Mm-hmm. There's a network component. And with sometimes a network, the network be the sort of the overall name. Like, so we, we have Kaiser and Moda in Portland. So let's use Moda. Moda is the network, and they have a branch of that, which is the administration branch. Is that okay? Moda has a network branch and an administration branch. Okay. They have a department that is a contracting department, PPO, preferred provider organization. Mm -hmm. You've heard these terms. Or in Kaiser, their network is their HMO. Right. Right? They're doctors they own. Yeah. The health maintenance organization. They own their network. They own their doctors. Okay. They own their facilities. The difference between Kaiser and Moda, Moda doesn't own their doctors and facilities, Kaiser does. Okay. That's the difference really between the HMO and the PPO, or, or one of the fundamental differences. Okay, awesome. I want to get back to network in a minute, but let's go ahead and finish off the components. There's a pharmacy component on right. all plans. And what people don't understand is there's a middleman called the pharmacy benefit manager. That middleman controls what you pay at every pharmacy. Mm -hmm. They negotiate with the pharmacies to pay a price for a drug, and then they charge the plan either the same negotiated amount or a marked-up amount. That's the pharmacy benefit manager. They also control the formulary, what drugs are on the copay plan, what drugs are on not on the copay plan. So Kaiser and Moda both have a pharmacy benefit manager that governs that part of the plan. So I was going to say we'll get back to that, but let's just hit it right now. How with a, with a trust and the control that a union has with a trust, how can they um, get through some of those costs with the pharmacy? Is the middleman a necessity, or is there a, another way you can maybe find a different way, if you have more control, to not have to go through that pharmacy benefit manager? The, unfortunately, the pharmacy benefit manager is pretty much a requirement these days. Okay. Um, they are an aggregator. They are the ones that control the formulary. Mm-hmm. You need a competent pharmacy benefit manager in okay. place on your trust. Okay. The difference is, is that your trust would be able to go out and find the best option for the trust. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be stuck with the one that, say, a Kaiser uses or the only. You could look at that one. You mm-hmm. could look at... Another one, you can shop those. And you can do that annually. And you can do that annually. However, once you get a good pharmacy benefit manager, you probably don't want to move it every year because you have your card and remember the logo on the back of the card and and then there's confusion on what plan you're on, that type of thing. So the pharmacy benefit manager, however, the biggest thing is getting a contract from that pharmacy benefit manager that guarantees they're not going to mark up your drugs. Got it. Is that what they call a pass-through? That's a pass-through contract. They pass through the price they pay per, to the pharmacy. They pass through to your plan, to your plan. And i got to say this. Do you trust them? Well, we, we make sure that we have audit rights in the contract. Okay. So They are true middlemen, so we have to have accountability. So those audit rights are key long-term to be able to audit whether they are giving us the terms of the contract or not. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. What comes after pharmacy? Pharmacy, I think the the last major component of a plan is stop loss. Right. So there's different terms for stop loss. At your fully insured carriers, 
by Komoda or a Cigna or a Netna or United or Blue Cross Blue Shield or Kaiser. Kaiser, yeah. It's called a pooling point. But regardless <laughs> of stop loss or uh -huh. pooling point, or sometimes it's called a specific stop loss. Is it also called reinsurance? Reinsurance, okay. another term. It is on every man, woman, and child on your plan. Mm -hmm. And it is a deductible on every man, woman, and child. We all know about deductibles, right? Sure. So we have a $1,000 deductible plan. Well, this stop loss, instead of $1,000, it could be more like $250,000. But what that does is it protects the trust from a large claimant using up all the trust's money. Right. That's all stop loss does. It stops the loss right. of a large claimant. So I go in, I have a huge, huge issue. It's a million dollar plan, a million dollars in the hospital. Um, that trust is just charged two hundred fifty thousand, or whatever. So whatever, it stops a loss, and it moves on to a second or a third insurance carrier. There can be two, three, four behind the scenes. All insurance plans have this risk management vehicle. They all pay a premium mm -hmm. to a stop loss carrier behind the scenes somewhere uh -huh. that takes that part of the risk. Over that 250, in this case mm -hmm. scenario, up to millions and millions of dollars. Even fully insured? Plan? Even fully insured. So they may have a pool that is their own internal stop loss mm -hmm. that all of their plans pay money into, but that pool might even be reinsured by a third party you wouldn't even know. stop loss. And no. you would not know that. Okay. But that's insurance. Insurance reinsures itself over and over okay. and over again. Um, so uh, those are the main components? The main components. Okay. So the, the last component out there is the consultant or broker who is supposed to help the trust or help the city or help whoever it is put all these pieces together yeah. and to manage the overall system for the, 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 the plan sponsor or the trust. Got it. Got it. So the consultant is not going to be so much customer service for the members, but more customer service for the board of trustees, perhaps. Actually, both. Oh. Um, a good broker consultant will provide um, customer service and advice and assistance to the trust board or uh -huh. the, the, the trust uh, management. But they'll also provide claims advocacy for folks that just can't get their claim paid correctly. Mm -hmm. And they go through the normal administration, the normal customer service lines. You know, like for instance, LBG, we have a claims um, department that will assist membership that's not getting things paid right or mm -hmm. not getting a claim paid uh -huh. right. So, so there's other services a consultant broker does. Let me ask you this, going back to the network real quickly. Yep. With the trust, do you have the power or control to negotiate with your network over... Pricing and the doctors, or you just hire the network and they deal with controlling your pricing and what who's in network. And, and that is a great question. Uh, up to this point, most trusts and cities and plan sponsors of all types will just rent a network. Okay. And that network goes and negotiates on their behalf. Okay. That's the easy way to do it. Uh -huh. You pay a certain per employee per month fee. You rent their network, they do all the heavy lifting for you, they do the credentialing, they work with the doctors and hospitals, etc. However, late, lately there's been a movement that says they're not doing a good job for us. Mm -hmm. They're not controlling the cost. They're mm -hmm. not negotiating. That's the movement that's on the market now. And in those situations, the, 
the network can be replaced by negotiators okay. that will use Medicare as a basis for their negotiation. That's the reference-based pricing? That's called reference-based pricing or Medicare plus pricing. A little more I, advanced. I absolutely bit do there. not want to yeah. go into that. <laughs> that's right. I've spent a lot of time trying to understand that, and I've got a, like the tip of the iceberg. But, yeah, now that sounds like a um, – it's interesting. It sounds like a lot of work, but I suppose that's what you hire somebody to do. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a second step yeah. out there. It's yeah. something to evaluate. Um, it does cut – the overall costs mm-hmm. of a trust, we've seen by 20 to 30%. Amazing. So to answer the question that I set forth at the beginning, how are a bunch of firefighters going to run this? The answer is ultimately we're not. I mean, we're going to have a board of trustees that is very involved and that deals directly with the broker, which would be LBG, and you help us assemble all these pieces to fill out the picture. Correct. You're receiving all of the reporting and um, information from the vendors that you're hiring to do the heavy lifting. And wouldn't that be basically exactly what the city does with Correct. their broker? Correct. Same the city's not paying claims out of okay. their own claims pool. They have an administrator doing it. The city has rented a network. Okay. The city has a broker consultant reporting back to them yeah. and giving them advice on what they should do next. And then the, all they do is say... Yes, and, sir. and it's no secret, it's Aon Hewitt. Yep. That's who they use. Uh, I think most people know that. So I've just got two more things I'd like to go through real quick. One is uh, has to do with what I call the elephant in the room, having to do with our arbitration. And we lost. Everybody knows that. Um, you, don't have, you don't have to know a ton about this, but I'll just ask you. It, um, essentially, there's one or two tiny sticking points uh, why we lost, the ACA fine being the most you familiar with that? Is it fixed? How will we fix it? I mean, is it an easy fix? My opinion is it's a technicality yeah. that never would be a risk to the city. No, I agree. It's not a risk to the city because the trust is set up to provide coverage. Yeah. And that's the only reason the trust is there to begin with, and the risk was that it wouldn't. So you know this insurance very well. If you were, could just flip yourself around and we go back for this trust um, in the near future or the, you know, this or next cycle. Can you imagine or even take your, a moment to guess what their tact would be next time around once we fix that issue or whatever the few tiny technicalities that they brought up? Is that a fair question to even ask? It's hard to say because it's, um, it's, an, it, it's more of a function of um, how bad the city wants to keep you in and for what reason. Yeah. And so could you go in and try and create technicalities? Sure. But every, every year, and we've worked with other groups that have gone through arbitration, yeah. every year firefighters share this information. Yeah. So these technicalities are being shared yeah. across state lines, across different groups, and they're being eliminated one by one. Awesome. So it's getting better and better. Um, I truly believe that it's a win-win long term for the city and the union. Me too. I, I absolutely believe that. I don't know if the city truly sees that right now. No. But I think that, I think that the, the trust, from our experience working with other trusts, will be run more efficiently. Yeah. And the transfer back will be during negotiations. Right. Where healthcare shouldn't be something that bogs everyone down. Yeah. It shouldn't be a problem. If all the city cares about is money, which I'm just speaking for them, that was a big part of their uh, of argument. Could a trust be set up 
that the way it is, it's currently would save them money? I think it takes, I think it saves the city's money because it takes health care off the table in the negotiation. Okay. And that, that allows everyone to worry about what's really important, which is wages. Yeah. And making sure everyone's paid fairly and has cost of living increases and all right. that that everyone talks about. So I know we're about ready to wrap up. I know you got stuff to do. I've got a couple of rapid fire questions. Okay. Oh, <laughs> they can be quick answers, yes or no, or whatever. So this is sort of from the membership, a couple people that I talked to. If we had a trust, this is the overall arching header. If we had a trust, question one, will benefits increase? Based on our history working with other fire uh, trusts, yes. yes. Okay. Will costs go down? Costs will be controlled. Will costs go down? I believe that costs can be reduced. Mm -hmm. Eventually, there is a normal inflation to healthcare that's more like CPI. Right. So that will always impact healthcare. Okay. Can that be managed? Yes. And with your trust for us, by us mentality, it will be controlled much better. Okay. With our trust, can we get chiropractic and massage? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's always a big question with fire and police. And when you run your trust, we start off with the template of what you currently have, mm -hmm. and then we enhance it. Yes. When you asked earlier about uh, benefits improving, mm -hmm. that's what we do. So every year we look at it, every quarter we look at how can we improve benefits. That would go a long way for our members, me being one of them. If I might really quickly yeah. on that topic, so often in my industry, we look at reports on generally what's being used on the plan. Mm -hmm. And then the normal way of attacking that is to say, let's strip away that benefit or raise the copay or raise the deductible. Yes. yes. Why? Why does that happen? Because the utilization is going up. But that's what people want and yes. need, right? And that's their reason, right? Because it's costing money. <laughs> but where is the money going that it shouldn't be going to? Should be asked. If that's the benefit everyone needs, shouldn't we enhance that Absolutely. benefit? Yes. Yeah. And then the benefit that's really wasteful or that no one uses, why are we paying for that? Are you asking me? Well, that's uh. the question in this industry. So, you know, we've we've had groups in the past that have a large number of massage therapy visits mm -hmm. because that's important to them. Yeah. The idea is with your trust is the benefits are designed for your benefit, not for the general employee at a city. Absolutely. And that being said, we both know that a lot of the money that we paid into our insurance every year is not being used. And that's one of the many things it could be used for, which leads me to my next question. <laughs> could we get an on-duty doctor? If it makes sense for the trust, yes. Could we get an on-duty psychiatrist to run our behavioral health program? If it makes sense for the trust, yes. Could we get a physical therapist? Yes. Okay. These are, I mean, these are important questions for us. Um, so someone mentioned, go ahead. And, yeah. and, and in that, what governs that right now is the network, right? Remember the component, yes. the network? Yeah. Why? Why can't you direct contract with any of those entities, those people? Because it's all through the city. They're doing it for everybody in the city, but, and we need it. I bet you the rest of the city would, would use it too, but we're industrial athletes, and these are things that we need for our industry. That's, that's one of our major arguments and we can't do because we have no control over any of these things. Which is why I know you can run it better. Whether it's a hard benefit in the plan or benefit in our quality of life, we will benefit.
Absolutely. And you'll be able to make decisions to allocate monies towards certain benefits, maybe mm -hmm. more. Maybe you want to pay a little bit more for certain types of benefits and pay a little less for others. Having transparency is the key. Awesome. Uh, last question. Do established trusts help retirees bridge that gap between retirement and Medicare? Um, how they do it, or even once the ones they get to Medicare, could they help buy some riders that people use in Medicare to enhance the Medicare uh, benefits? Absolutely. Okay. So we, we've seen this over and over again. Um, gone are the days when uh, there was a contract in place that would pay for benefits for life. Mm -hmm. There is a, still a small fraction of firefighters that have that that are already retired. Yeah. But most new firefighters and current firefighters do not have that option. No. They don't have the ability to have it's that. It's just the military left, I think. There's depending on what state you're in. But okay. Yes. Okay. So, so one thing is if we can take some of the money that's currently going, maybe being wasted, uh -huh. and we can reallocate that for a, for an account for future years yeah. to pay for premiums. Mm -hmm. That's a way to pay for retiree health care. Okay. And we've done that with other trusts, and there's been a lot of money reallocated for retiree health care. It just takes a little time to yes. get it. It take, takes a little time, and it takes planning mm -hmm. and really working on that. And that's, again, the forest bias mentality. Number two is once you get to retirement, there are ways to bring in third-party insurance products mm -hmm. that, like you say, wrap around the Medicare coverage or enhance it or what have you. Okay. That, that All those things can be done, and that's what we work through our strategic planning process. Right. So we look at these options, we try and plan for them in the future, and then budget for them. This is this isn't um, um, magic. It's about planning and being strategic with your money that you have today, so it's there when you need it. So listen, Ron, I really appreciate your time. I know you have an event to get to. Um, that's all I have. Is there anything you want to add, or you want to just go ahead and wrap it up? No, I, I, I mean I just say I'm encouraging. The first step was the arbitration process. Um, you, your group can absolutely do this. Mm -hmm. There is opportunity that is amazing for you long-term. Mm -hmm. If you if the membership can look at this as, as an opportunity to stay, keep in the fight, keep going, don't quit. Like we would tell everybody, you know, in a sporting team or what have you, yeah. hey, it's all about get it done. You get over the hurdle of getting out, the plan will be just amazing long-term for you. You get knocked down, what do you do? You get back get up. Knocked. We all know that, right? That's yeah. what we know, and that's what you all know as firefighters. Yeah. And that's another thing that, that makes you different from other unions and other employees. So thank you, Kyle. I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much.